Welcome to Rise Above Religion. I am Minister Stephen Newton, and I want to welcome every single one of you back. I uh, just want to give you a quick update. Uh, those who have been following the Rise Above Religion podcast, there is a change because a lot of the messages now will be recorded video, so you get to put the face with the name, all right, or the face with the voice. So uh, the old format or the old one is no longer uh, available. Um, so um, what I'm going to do is those series that I taught before, I will teach them again, let of the Holy Spirit, probably enhancing them and things like that. And when I do, you'll get them and you will be blessed. And um, yes, so once again, want to thank every last one of you for your support um, here and across the world. Um, hey, tell a friend about this podcast because I'm serious about the mandate on my life, serious about the call that God has given to me to feed his lamb and feed his sheep and to feed them with truth for supernatural living, okay? So tonight, we're going to get into a new series. This series is a series I've taught. I do a Tuesday night Bible study every Tuesday night uh, via Zoom and on Facebook Live. So if you want to tune in Facebook Live, just look for Stephen Newton there and you will find me there, okay? You will find me doing uh, Zoom, Zoom Facebook Live every Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all right? So if you want to uh, view the Tuesday Bible studies, I promise you, you will not be disappointed as you have not been so far, all right? So we thank God for his mercy and for his grace, and I'm going to go ahead and get us into the teaching um, so basically this teaching is called the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in you. And this is part one of six. So I'm going to try to get all six in, um, as much as I can. Um, I've been on vacation all week, but I've been dealing with school. It was my birthday. I've been fasting. I'm actually on the last night of my fast. It's been a seven day fast of consecrating, uh, for the vision that God has given me. So. Um, I just want to share that, and now we can get into the teaching. Might go over a little bit over an hour just to get this information out to you on this first one, but each one should be roughly an hour, all right? So thank you all. Let me go ahead and pray us in so the Holy Spirit can have his way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for every person that will view this teaching. I decree and declare in Jesus' name that, Lord, as your voice, as your man, that you will think through this mind and speak through these lips and you will bring forth this rhema word concerning the Holy Spirit without any outside entity or force coming in any, in any way of, of uh, disturbing. And I thank you in the name of Jesus, Father God, that every person that shall hear, shall receive, shall be blessed, and their walk shall change forever. That, Father God, they will see the importance of the Holy Spirit and in and, and part to see the divine and supernatural power of God flow in their lives. And I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. And we give you all glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start the clock now. All right. And here we go. So the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in you, part one. Part one, we're going to focus on who is the Holy Spirit in you. Now, the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit what is the Holy Spirit? Where did the Holy Spirit come from, right? Uh, but we know that the bottom line is, is that in John, and we'll see it soon, John 
uh, gospel tells us that Jesus told his disciples in the 14th chapter that it was to their advantage that he would go so that another helper would come. That's the Holy Spirit, okay? And so, you know, what is the purpose and benefit of the Holy Spirit to us? Is the Holy Spirit a myth or the divine source of power? A lot of questions about the third manifestation of the Godhead of the Trinity uh, as known at, or the Trinity as known in Christendom. What happens to the born again believer when the Holy Spirit comes their life? That's what we're going to talk about because we have to finally realize that Jesus is Lord and Savior, but Jesus is not the one working stuff through us because remember when he walked in his itinerant ministry, it wasn't him. It was the Spirit of God in him. Remember, Jesus did no miracles, nothing until he got dunked in the Jordan River, came up, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and the Father said, this is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. That was when, from that point forward, we saw Jesus, as you read in Matthew 4 and 23, going into after he was tempted, he went into the, into the synagogues and uh, preached the gospel of the kingdom and taught and then also healed everyone that has sickness and disease, okay? So it wasn't until he got the Holy Spirit that he was able to assert the power of God in manifestation form, okay? So let's continue on. As, a divine, as the divine source of God's power, the Holy Spirit is the supernatural force that Jesus manifested the miracles he produced during his itinerant ministry. What did Jesus say about this spirit and what benefit would be to and what what the benefit would be to us who have been filled? Okay. In this series we're going to unlock the blessing and benefit of the Holy Spirit not only as uh not only to the born-again believer, but to those who need to be touched by God's supernatural power, that the glory of God will be seen in and through us. The questions above are going to get answered to provide clarity and security about the Holy Spirit, the supernatural divine power of God in you, which will cause you as a believer to trust, submit, obey, and manifest the creative power of God in you. That's powerful. Before we go any further, it's worth noting that the Holy Spirit is the most underused, underacknowledged, misunderstood part of the Trinity. After this teaching, you, yes you, you new creation you, will understand the power that is inside you that is overlooked. After this teaching, you will begin to experience the power of God like never before because you will no longer fear it, but embrace it and discipline your life in Christ to be led by him. Okay, so let's go to work. Now, um, in doing so, uh, I, I hope that that answered a lot of uh, questions about where we're going in this series. Um, so basically, just to understand the Trinity, there's a doctrine of the Trinity. Remember, and now the word doctrine basically means uh, teaching on a particular subject, so doctrine of the Trinity, doctrine of baptisms, doctrine of Christology, so on and so forth. It's just what the Bible teaches about that topic. So when we're talking about the doctrine of the Trinity, we're talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? 
one God, three manifestations. The Father was first in creation. And yes, the Word and the Holy Spirit are chronicled in John chapter 1 to have been there. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? And then verse 14, the Word became flesh and can dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. That's John 1, 14 through 16. Um, now, what we have to understand about the Trinity is people get it confused and get it and get lost in it because they're trying to figure out, well, who am I dealing with? And this is where the body has to come up in their knowledge of what's in the Bible. It's clear the Father did his part in six days and rested ever since. Okay? Anything he was doing after that, he was sending his power onto the individual who he was working through. Amen? So, we get to Jesus. Jesus became the incarnation of God, the second part of the Trinity, the Son of God, the Christos, the Christ, meaning the anointed one and his anointing. He came into the earth and then he began to preach and minister the gospel of the kingdom of God and doing everything God called him to do. Okay. And then the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit fell on him first. Jesus was the first man after Adam to have the spirit of God dwell in him, okay? And Jesus said that after he left, he would send another helper, the Holy Spirit. That's who we have now, okay? So if you have your Bibles, I, I also want to preface and real quickly say this. I should have said it from the outset. This is a Bible teaching app and podcast, okay? This is not a, a, a form of, my opinion, my ideology, no, 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 no. I am commissioned by the Spirit of God. I'm commissioned by the Lord Jesus to teach you from his word, not mine, okay? Because it's his word that is everything for us, okay? So it is required that you have a Bible. I don't care what translation you read from, okay? Just have a Bible. I read from New King James Version, okay? So what we're going to do right now is we're going to uh, go in our Bibles to 1 John. We're going to go to 1 John, okay, 1 John chapter number 5, all right, 1 John chapter number 5, and I'm going to start the reading at verse number 6, okay, and this is to give you, this is one of the scriptures that, and actually in the Bible, you will see there are times where the Trinity is referred to, and you have to pick up on it, you have to see when it's when it's, a, it's done a lot in the New Testament, but it's even done sometimes in the Old Testament as well. You just got to catch it, okay? Um, now, so here we go. So this is going to help us to clearly understand the Holy Spirit, all right? And and we're going to define him in a moment, so we really get a bigger, a better picture of what the Bible says he is. Verse six. This is he who came. By blood, by water and blood, Jesus Christ, okay? So Jesus Christ, I want to share something. If I haven't taught this before, I'm going to always teach this. Remember something, Jesus Christ is not his name. Jesus is his name, and Jesus is the formed man. Christ is his office. Christ, the Christos. Christos is the Greek word for Christ, okay? The Greek word for Christ is Christos, meaning the anointed one and his anointing. 
That means, and the Bible tells us in Isaiah 61 and in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So the Holy Spirit brings an anointing with him. He brings the anointing of God with him when he comes in you. So when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and Christ came in us, that anointing came in us when we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the active power and spirit of God in man. It is Christ in us. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. People say, oh, Jesus is with me. Jesus is in me. Jesus is in my heart. Well, no, Jesus is physically at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is who is in you. Jesus is, and the Father's representative is who is in you. Amen? And it's important for us to know that so when we even, when we call upon the name of Jesus and say in the name of Jesus, the Spirit is responding to that because they are one. They are, they go hand in hand, they're hand in glove, all right? You can't separate one without the other. You can't do that, okay? So when it comes to the Holy Spirit and us walking with this entity in us, this endowment that we have been given by God through Jesus Christ, we have to understand what is at work in us, who is at work in us, so that way we don't miss God in anything that we're doing, Amen. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you, you, you come into a mind change, you come into a heart change, you come into an attitude change, you come into a perspective change that is just beyond your understanding. Um, I can't go into it. I, I would love to, but let me continue to read. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. So by the spirit and by blood, okay? Because water is always usually referred to as the spirit, all right? And, and it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. So here we are, John is confirming the Holy Spirit and what Jesus said in his gospel, in the gospel of John, okay? Let's understand in the Gospel of John, John recorded Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, and now he is reconfirming the Holy Spirit as the one who bears witness of Jesus Christ and is the Spirit of truth, okay? The Holy Spirit is truth, so the Spirit of truth is in us. Verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So the Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Now they mixed them up and moved them around for you, so don't get lost in the sauce, okay? The spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, the spirit is the father. The water is the, is the Holy Spirit. The blood is Jesus. Amen? And these three agree as one. All right? So I figured to start out understanding the Holy Spirit, understand his confirmation first, 
by God and by Jesus as a part of the Trinity, all right? Now, clearly defining the Holy Spirit, let's look at two Greek words concerning Holy Spirit. The first one, holy, hagios, is the Greek word, hagios, okay? Which basically means pure, morally blameless, okay? Most holy, all right? That's what hagios is, so hagios, holy spirit, okay? So, because there are many spirits out there, 1 John 4 tells us that, okay? And he tells us how to define who's of God and who's not. So when we're talking about the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it's his, he's holy, okay? So you don't get, get involved in, in, in tomfoolery and craziness. You don't get involved in things that are unholy, amen? We drag him into unholiness as believers, but he's not the one leading us to unholiness, and that's what I want you to understand. When you get a revelation of who you have inside of you, you won't drag him into unholiness because you're so sensitive to him, he won't allow you to. He won't, he's gonna give you every, every, every possible way of escape from anything unholy. Praise God. The word spirit or ghost is the word in Greek, pneuma. So, hagios pneuma, Holy Spirit, okay, which means a current of air or breath, okay? Now, remember, in the beginning, when God breathed into Adam, he breathed his breath. That's the Spirit, okay? He breathed that into Adam back then. Now, we have been given the same breath of God in us. We have now, we have now received that holy air from God in us. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Boy, the power of God is here. Amen. Okay. So, hagios pneuma. All right. Now, <clears throat> I did use another word here. And there's another word for spirit called, uh, it's, 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 it's the word suke. Suke. Okay. Which refers to spirit. Um, but bottom line is uh, that's a different um iteration of spirit is more leaning towards the soul versus the actual spirit of God, okay? <clears throat> now, what is the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, first thing, let's understand something. The Holy Spirit is a who? He is a person, okay? When I say what is the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about his function in us, okay? What he does for us, what benefits we get from him when we have him, Okay? And this is important for us to know as born-again believers because if we don't know this, we won't walk in it. We'll, we'll, we will go our own way and we will just have this awesome spirit in us that is trying to lead us to life and lead us in the ways of Christ and we're going away from him, okay? But when we know what is actually happening and what's working in us, then we have a propensity to want to work with that and go towards that, then go away from it. Amen? So, I want you to get this and get this understanding, okay? This is how you know what is really, really, really going on with you. Oh, man, I wish I could really, really drill. I, I'm, I'm going to try my best. Lord, help me to drill this down and get this in your spirit so you really understand the power source you have. Beloved, let me tell you something. If no one else has told you, let me be the first. You have the same creative power in you that the Father had when he spoke, and so let there be light. 
you have the same life in you that was in Jesus. And Jesus went around doing nothing, doing nothing but creating life, meaning or restoring life, okay? We have life-creating, life-restoring power in us, and all we have to do is believe and say, that's it, because we are now in a new covenant. Now, I'm going to try my best not to go ahead of myself in that, because when we get there, oh my God, that revelation is going to knock your socks off, I promise you, but we are in a new covenant. As new covenant children, it is incumbent upon us to understand we are in a right now covenant. We have a right now God. People sing it in church. Yeah, we have a right now God. And he does right. You know, we, we, we've heard the, 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 the hymn. But what does that mean? That means that bottom line is because Jesus finished the work. And we have received the promise. We have received the promise. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be walking in right now, finished manifestation. I'm going to say that again. We are supposed to be walking in right now, finished manifestation. And there should be supernatural evidence. That means there should be some evidence of something happening that is far beyond the comprehension and far beyond the physical ability of this, of, of man and of the, 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 the natural physics of this arrangement, this cosmos that we're in, okay? So let's understand something, folks. This is the power we have in us. Let me back up a little bit in my, in my, in my notes. I want to go back up. The, the, the Lord is urging me to go back up and to really, really go back to our, our bullet points. I have six bullet points of conversation I started with. And before I go any further and get into some, into some more scripture, let's break this stuff down a little bit more. I might have kind of moved a little bit too fast. And I don't want to get rebuked later uh, for uh, not getting this totally across to you, okay? So let's back up, okay? So remember, the Holy Spirit, who is he? So it's a he. What is he? What does he do for us, okay? Where did he come from? We know he came from the father the father sent him to us because jesus said i will pray the father and he will send you another helper we're going to see that scripture very soon okay so this holy spirit is not a myth it is the divine power of god he is a divine power of god folks and because we are in a new covenant not in the old covenant in the new covenant our faith is based on a finished work. Our faith is based on the fact that we have been given this power source that the brothers in the past did not have. I'm going to show you in the scripture. I'm going to show you something. I, wanna, I, I want you to watch this. Go now to Hebrews. I'm, 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 I'm going off script. I can tell the Holy Spirit's moving and he does this. And if you don't know, trust me get to know him, he, he, he goes off script quite often, all right, um, Hebrews, go to the 11th chapter, and we're going we're gonna to go all the way down to the 39th verse, all right, now, first and foremost, let me paint, let me, let me set this up for you, 
Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith, as we know. It is the patriarchs of faith. They were the ones in the old covenant. Let me, let me make sure we're clear. They were the old covenant saints operating under the old covenant who had manifested and got a great testimony before God by the use of their faith. It was their faith that caused God to move. Okay? We're in a new covenant. Better covenant. Better promises. I'm going to get you there. Just stay with me in, these, in, these seri in this series. I'm telling you. Keep this, bury this in your spirit. Okay, we have a better covenant, better promises. Okay, what does that mean? And trust me, you'll know when we get there. And I'm going to show you when we get there. I'm going to show you how. Because we have this better covenant, better promises where our faith should be versus where it might be now, depending on where you are in your walk. Okay, if you are of Christ, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, there is supposed to be evidence that is happening in your life daily. And it should not, it's not predicated upon anything concerning you. Meaning there is nothing you have to do. The work has been done. I'm trying my best not to get ahead of it, but I have a feeling that the Lord will do it anyway. Go to verse number 39 in Hebrews. Hebrews 39 and 40. Okay. Verse 39. So again, all of Hebrews 11, study it. It is the hall of faith, talking about Abraham, talking about uh, Enoch, talking about uh, Noah. I mean, it, it lists them all there. Okay. And what they went through and how their faith got God's miraculous to happen, but something didn't happen. Watch this. Verse 39. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, or having obtained a good testimony through their faith, did not receive the promise. Yeah, that's what I said. They did not receive the promise. So, there's a promise that we're supposed to have in God that they didn't receive. Amen? They missed out on something that we've been given. I hope you're tracking me and you see where I'm going. I hope you're following me. I hope you're with me. I'm telling you, we have the promise. Everybody in Christendom looks at the promise as all of the material stuff that comes with being in Christ now or that I have peace. Yes, you do. It is a promise. I have joy. Yes, you do. It is a promise. But the promise, now I notice what I just said, joy, peace, all these different benefits are promises. But there is a promise or the promise that we, were, we have got that they did not get. Praise his holy name. So, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. Verse 40, God having provided something better for us. What is the better for us, man of God? Glad you asked. 
So first, they obtained a good testimony through their faith. God has provided something better for us. He has provided for us that our faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ or our faith is in the faith that Jesus had when he completed the work on Calvary. Mm. That's revelation for you folks. So God having provided something better for us that they, the patriarchs, should not be made perfect apart from us. Meaning, they have a great testimony. They didn't get this promise. It, they got miracles from God through their own faith. We get the finished product, which our faith is based on. Hello, <laughs> we ain't got to do nothing but believe and say what God has said. And the Holy Spirit goes to work. And the Holy Spirit brings forth the power of God. And so the something better for us is that Jesus finished the work. And we are confident in his faith. Our faith is in him. Our faith is in him and what he did. And that what it does between us and those Old Testament saints is, is that their testimony alone doesn't, is not perfect apart from our testimony with what we're going to do when the Holy Spirit comes forth. When we walk in this life in Christianity and we live according to the power of God, the supernatural power of God coming out of us, our testimony along with theirs makes perfect, makes everything perfect for the testimony and God's glory. Amen? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I just had to show you that. So, I hope you got it now. The divine source of God's power is the Holy Spirit. And the reason why this is important, folks, because if you're following religion, you're going to be saying the wrong thing. You're going to be putting your faith in places it shouldn't. You're going to be putting your faith... <clears throat> you're going to put your faith... You're going to make the power of the Holy Spirit null and void by putting your faith in the wrong time period. I, I, I probably lost you there. Okay. All right. When you look at Jesus and his itinerant ministry, you see Jesus doing miracles, right? But Jesus' ministry was taking place during the Old Covenant. I just told you that Hebrews 11, 439 just told us that they obtained a good testimony through faith, but it was their faith. When you read all of Hebrews 11, you see it was what they did that caused God to do what he said. Amen? We are in a place where God has said it. Jesus finished it, and all we have to do is walk in it. We are in the right now. They had to do something, or they had to, they had to put their faith ahead of them. They had to go after or go forward in the future with their faith instead of us living in 
the finished. So us living in the was means we are. It is. We have. It's not we're going to or it's going to. If that is your mentality, strip it. Let it go because that's religion. And I'm telling you, what it's doing to you is it is crippling the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is not responding to faith that was in the old covenant or in that era before or pre-resurrection. He is responding to faith in the current covenant which you are in. And I am in. Amen. So this is why we have to understand. And a perfect example is um, the woman with the issue of blood. Now, she was in the covenant because Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. But she had to do something. She had to say something and do something in order for her miracle to take place. In order for the power of God, for the Holy Spirit to manifest her need being met and fulfilled in that miracle, she had to say something, which she said, I only touched the hem of his garment, and there's deeper revelation concerning that. And then she had to then get to his, the hem of his garment and touch it. And Jesus said, I felt power, or another translation, virtue come out of me. Now, at that time, he was being touched by so many people, right? And nothing was happening to them as we see. So what was it about her? Well, she was in a covenant where faith was predicated upon future. It wasn't, a, it wasn't predicated upon present because Jesus was still walking the earth. Jesus hadn't died yet. So this is going to help your perspective of the Holy Spirit and how powerful he is to you because now you see wait a minute, I have the finished product because the promise is in me. Ooh, yes, the promise is in you. He's the promise. Hallelujah. He's the promise. See, the promise is the Holy Spirit. And we are in the new covenant that Jesus sealed for us, the covenant of grace we are in that covenant. So, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, help them understand this. The Holy Spirit, the faith of the Old Testament saints was based on conditions. They had to do something or say something in order for the power to manifest. That was never God's intention. I'm giving, I'm, as, as a man of God, speaking by the Spirit of God, when you go back to the garden, I'm telling you the truth. God never intended for there to be any limitations on what we could do with his power as long as we were doing it in glorification to him and glorifying him and for the purpose he gave it to us for, there was to be no limitations on his greatest creation, us, in any kind of way. No limitations. Adam created limitations with his rebellion and disobedience. That's why the law came.
the law came up to let man know that because of sin, you have limitations. And on top of that, you have, you have enmity with God. You're an enemy of his unless you believe, okay? But he still can't dwell in you, so you still have limitations. You can't get all of God at any time. It has to happen at a prescribed time based on what he tells you to do and you saying and obeying what he says at that time. That is the Old Testament in a nutshell. Read the Old Testament and you will see that these miracles these men were doing were not just happening at, at a moment's notice, meaning they weren't just happening so frequently in the, in the way of they were, it was just readily, and, 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 and let me say it this way. It was readily available only to the one that God chose to be the embodiment of the anointing he placed on them. So unless you were chosen by God, the miracles wouldn't come unless it was coming through the person whom he deemed to be the carrier or the one he's anointed. That's a limitation. That's not what Jesus preached. Jesus didn't preach limitations, even though he was in a limited covenant. He was in a limited covenant. And the people were in the same covenant when they were walking, when they saw him and, and, and witnessed him. We're not, we don't have that problem. We have no limitations. The Holy Spirit is limitless. Children of God. Christ in us is limitless. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Does that sound like there is limits there? I can do all things through Jesus. Nope, I can do all things through Stephen. Nope, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The anointed one and his anointing, the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, where is the limitations when I can do all things? That is the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? So, I think I got you to the place where I can move forward now and get into some more scripture on this. But the Lord wanted me to really sink this down into your soul, to your spirit, so this is going to be your mindset going forward. Every single day you get up and you go before your heavenly father and you talk to him, you know who you are, you know what you have in you, and you know it's in you to do his will, his good, and to bless others. That's the point. Amen? All right. So don't be looking for Jesus. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, listen, let me help you out with one more thing. God did what he did in six days, six days, and he rested on his throne ever since. Jesus did what he did here, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That means he is at rest until he comes back. Hello. He's at rest until he comes back. That's why he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God is more, was more important than Jesus was. 
Jesus doing what he did in his sacrifice is how we have come into Christianity, how we have been, had our sins remitted and how we have come into righteousness. But the form to man Jesus was not the end all be all. It was always God. It was always his spirit and it will always be his spirit. Amen. Okay. John chapter 14, so John, the book of the book of John, the gospel of John, as it is recorded in the 14th chapter. All right. And uh, I want to actually share something with you prior to going to the verse that I wanted. Hang on just a moment. Well, all right. Verse number 16, okay? Verse number 16. Oh, I was looking for another verse. I really wanted to share. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, verse number 16 is one of them, but it's not the one that I really wanted. Um. Okay, verse number 15 is where I'll start. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, so that's the word of God. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. Whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him, nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And that's what he's talking about when he comes back um, to rapture his church. Okay. Now let's go to the verse that I really wanted, which is number 26. Verse number 26. These things I have spoken to you, verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Oh, so there's a hierarchy. So look at that. See what I mean by when I tell you about the Trinity? See how subtly it is put in scripture and we miss it? So here is Jesus, the word, telling you about the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in Jesus' name. So the Holy Spirit in you responds to the name of Jesus. Now, why is that? Because Jesus finished the work and Jesus was speaking, telling them of what was to come. See, the Old Testament, even through the Gospels, Romans 15 verse 4 says this. I'm going to look at it in this so I don't leave my place on my tablet here. 
Uh, let me go there. I want to read. I'm gonna, I want you to understand something about the Old Testament in relation to the word and just to realize that, you know, uh, and, and the reason why this is important is because when we really study the scriptures properly by the Holy Spirit, we will get revelation. We will get insight of the scripture and beyond. That's what we want, folks. We want that. Okay. So watch this. Verse verse four of Romans chapter 15. You can write it down, look at it later, but it says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. See, so even in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament ran all the way through to the book of Acts. Acts was the beginning of the New Testament. I know your Bible says, well, after Malachi says the New Testament, I know. The, the tab, New Testament, I get it. They put the Gospels there because that was where the New Testament, the New Testament began after Jesus' resurrection. So you had to see Jesus now come into in chronological order. Remember, after the prophets is Jesus because the prophets have been prophesying Jesus. So it makes sense for him to put it in the New Testament telling you, hey, when you get here, understand the gospels are leading you to the New Testament, to the new covenant. In the gospels, there are principles that Jesus reveals in all four gospels that are for New Testament new creation believers, but you have to know what they are because when he is speaking, you will then see that he's not talking about Israel or talking about what's currently happening. He's talking about what's going to happen after his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and seating, which is all relevant to the new covenant functioning in our lives. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit, all right? So he is our comforter, advocate, helper, comforter or Holy Spirit or this word here, comforter, is the word pedakletos, okay? Pedakletos, intercessor, consoler, advocate, comforter, okay? Um, so the helper, the Holy Spirit is aios pedakletos, okay? So, all right, so the Holy Spirit, that's who he is, all right? The helper, okay? Let me, matter of fact, I'm gonna do one of the, I'm gonna show you this. Watch this, because this is gonna really help you understand something. Let me go to blueletterbible.org. If you are someone who studies the scriptures, download blueletterbible.org. It'll change your life because it will help you understand Amazing, I was already here. Um, it, it'll help you understand um, biblically. So if you see this, I have it on my phone. You can also get it online as well. It's free. And what it does is you can um, look at the Hebrew and Greek words um, throughout the text. And that'll help you give context to what was being taught. Okay, so. Let me see. No, let me go back to, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong verse. Let me go back to 16. There we go. Helper. 
See, another, that's alos, so another comforter. Comforter, parakletos, means the same thing, the Holy Spirit. Alos, parakletos, another comforter. So the word another, alos, means this, okay? Another or other. Um, different, more, uh, there's another way. Let me, let me find it elsewhere. Let me go to John chapter 16, actually. That's probably where it's going to be better for us. Sorry, getting a, a call from my fiance. Okay. Uh, all right. Here we go. Chapter 16 and verse number. Chapter 16. Speak of his own authority. Here we speak. Spirit of truth. Let me see if this is what I want. I'm sorry, folks. I just wanted to really get this to you. I'm losing time, I know, but that's okay. Because I'm going to have more in the next one anyway. Well, alos parakletos basically means the one alongside that is like you but distinct from you. Okay? So that's what you have to understand when it comes to. And really what we understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is... All of these things to us. He is all of these things to us. Intercessor, consoler, advocate. So use your legal counsel. Hmm? He keeps you out of, out of legal trouble. He legally, and not only that, he helps you legally understand what you have in Christ. And he's your comforter. Amen? Let's go on. Let's go to John 15, next chapter. 15 and verse number 26. All right, so John, the 15th chapter. We're doing good here on time. I'm going to finish strong and get us to the next, uh, the next one. Okay, John 15 and, the, and verse number 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now, that can be taken many ways about, about them. He says, you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. Now, that means I would, I'm looking at the, the Jesus meaning his itinerant ministry, um, not from the beginning, from the beginning, okay? But understand, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Now, the Bible tells us in the same gospel that the word, his word, he says it in chapter 17, your word is truth. <clears throat> when Jesus is praying his infamous prayer, so understand something, the word is truth. So the Holy Spirit is only gonna speak the word. The Holy Spirit's only going to confirm Jesus and testify of Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit is not testifying of us or of anything else. He's testifying of the word and testifying of Jesus. 
That's what he's doing. And he's giving us deeper insight into the word. He did this with Paul and the other apostles. He gave them deeper revelation to the word. See, people just think that it stops with what's written in the text. The Holy Spirit brings up mysteries. Paul called them mysteries. And these mysteries are things that God wants us to know concerning his mind about how we are to live in Christ. He wants us to know who we are. He wants us to know how blessed we are. He wants us to know how healed we are. He wants us to know how righteous we are. See, these are things that we question because we are looking at our worth from our perspective and from man's. No, 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 no. We are valuable. We are God's highest being. He may have created us a little lower than the angels, but he's given us more than the angels. When he put it this way, the angels hearken by the voice of his word. The angels are given to you to do his will. So how could, just because they're celestial beings, how could you think you're, you're lesser than them when he's giving you more than them? Because Jesus didn't save an angel. He saved us. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Wow. Wow. Okay. So spirit of truth. It is the Greek word alatheia. Alatheia. Okay. Which basically means truth. Truth. True. Truly. Verity or verily, another another word we we've heard to uh, identify the word truth. Okay, so in us manifesting the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, stay with me because when we get to the part where that's really going to get you to understand the importance of this, I had to start at a, at a a base level so that we can build on this, and we're going to build on this in the, in the next several the next few teachings. This is going to, it's going to, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. I pray you all listen to all of the teachings that are coming forth. Amen. All right. Last, last couple of verses. Let's go there quickly. The Holy Spirit is a promise from Jesus. We've heard Jesus testify of this, and now we're going to see it again in the scripture. Let's go back to John 14. All right. Let's go back to John 14. All right, that way we will then see it for ourselves. And uh, I saw Luke, I said John, there we go. John 14, and we're going to start at verse 16 and 8 to 18. And then if you want to jump ahead of me, we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. That'll be our final for this first teaching, okay? And then we're going to go into, I'm going to uh, upload, upload this, and then I will go back and do the part two, amen? So verse 16 here, and I will pray the father and he will give you the helper, the Holy Spirit. Okay. See, I was reading this earlier and I, I forgot it was in my notes. <laughs> um, and he will give you the helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because either sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So this is a promise. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit and then turned around and then told us all of this, that we will know him 
And the only way we will know him is because he dwells with us. That's the alongside. And then be in us. That is the rest. That is, that's all of that, all of that intercessor, consoler, advocate, comforter. That's all of that. So the alongside is the helper. And then the comforter, the pedicletos, is all those others along with truth. Along with truth. Truth is a part of that function of the Holy Spirit as well. Let's go very quickly to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Oops. All right. Acts chapter 2. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to share, share this. I'm telling you, this is, this is going to bless people if they really grab a hold of it. All right. And verse number 38. Okay. This is Peter. Peter, uh, all of chapter 2, after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit fell, Peter man he was a preaching machine okay and so he preaches what we now have in christ amen then peter said to them verse 38 repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins now i'm serious that line right there there's so much contained in that the word baptized there is the word baptizo which means to be immersed or enveloped in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins. Remission of sins basically means that because Jesus paid the debt in full, there is no evidence before God that you sinned. Brother or sister, so understand something. In order for you to receive this promise, I'm about to go into in a moment, that had to happen first. You had to be immersed in Jesus Christ and your sins had to be remitted. They had to go away completely. There had to be no evidence of them. God couldn't remember them to give you the Holy Spirit. This is the promise that our forefathers and the patriarchs never got because their spirit never was cleansed. They never got the opportunity to be baptized in Jesus for the remission of sins until he descended when he was in the grave and he descended and uh, preached captivity to the captives. If you want to see that, go to Ephesians chapter 4, you will see it, okay? Or go to 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse 18, you will see it there as well, where Jesus went down there, preached captivity to, cap captive, captivity to the captives, and they ascended with him when he uh, was resurrected. Amen? So, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and those who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call, but receive the holy the gift the gift of the holy spirit for the promise is to you amen so he is a promise he is the promise amen he's a gift and he's a promise all right so i want you to get that i pray that this first session has blessed you i will see you in session number 2 
supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit in you. Part two, what is what the Holy Spirit is not in you. God bless you. See you soon.